everyone. Welcome to the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast, where mistakes are welcome, nothing is off limits, and growth is inevitable. I am Sharissa Wood. I'm Brittany Simon. And we are putting our brains together to bring you the tools you need to elevate your hygiene practice, build amazing team culture, and provide patients with the very best care. Our mission is to help empower and equip every hygienist to practice purposeful, profitable hygiene. We look to guide you on your journey towards career fulfillment by providing support, collaboration, and community to our profession. As two of the top producing hygienists in the country, we know firsthand that these things lead to sustainable and fulfilling practice and the happy side effect of high profitability. So let's get to it. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another week of the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast. This is Brittany, and I am here solo today to bring you a pod about doctor-benefited verbiage and how learning to communicate with our docs according to their interests and their needs can help us to get what we want and need clinically and to make our practice easier and better. So I think that Sometimes when we're trying to bring new hygiene adjuncts to our practice, um, we obviously come from a place of really caring about the well-being of our patients, right? We have the best intentions and we're hopeful that we can onboard a new product or service without much friction. However, for those of us who have actually attempted to do this in the past, we've probably realized that's usually not the way that it goes. So I really want to talk about potentially what gets in the way and how to communicate more effectively with our doctors in order to make sure that we're truly taking care of the best, taking the very best care of our patients, you know, after having implemented the newest tech, the best product, the things that we know that we need that perhaps our docs don't know we need to do what's best for our patients. So First things first, um, usually when we get motivated or interested in bringing a new product or adjunct service, you know, to our practice or to our patients, it's because we've just learned about it. It's new to us and it's exciting, right? And usually that is the outcome of us attending continuing education. So remember, it's important if this is the scenario that we remember that our doc did not just attend the same continuing education that we did. Um, And oftentimes, you know, when we go to these events, we hear about the latest and greatest. We hear about what's new in our industry. Um, And sometimes it's even, you know, our doctors who have funded these missions um, or encourage us to divide and conquer, a.k.a. bring back the best products, the newest this, the newest that for our practice. When we return, however, it's important to remember that, you know, our doc did not, they were not recently immersed with us in that camp like experience. They didn't get the high and the excitement that we felt at our event, right? So they didn't get to see and hear the hype of the new product. They didn't listen to the same presentations or spend hours coming through vendors to find the right gadget and do their diligent research about this product, right? Try things on. Uh, They didn't get to feel the weight of the new instrument in their hand. They didn't get to see how this might appeal to patients and bring our practice even further into the 21st century. So that means that we now get to step into and we are now charged with communicating this excitement and the purpose and the research to our doc with kind of, to some extent, the same enthusiasm with which you first experienced the product, right? Because remember, it was important in your experience to feel, to see, to hear, to touch, and to get to experience this thing that you're now interested in in a certain way. So so we've got to kind of, on some level, 
provide the same experience for our docs. So initially, as we know, enthusiasm might get our foot in the door, but it's not a sure thing until our doctor says, yes, go, you know, you can, you can go with this product for sure. I'm on board and I've got your back. So how do we get from initial excitement and first impressions to having something that's fully onboarded? Um, this is not the right, this is not the time to forget about a significantly rele relevant tool that we have in our tool belts. Um, which is one that we use every day in our clinical practice, and that is our ability to communicate to our patients in a way that causes them to buy into their own health outcomes and say yes to the treatment that they need, right, which is the treatment that we're recommending. So when we are enrolling our patients, this is the framework that works best, and you've heard this before if you've listened to the podcast before, and that is, what is the problem? What is the consequence of having this problem or the consequence of doing nothing? What's the solution and what is the benefit of the solution, right? We use this framework every single day. So we already have this skill. We've already honed this skill. Let's make it work for us in a different way. The way that I have found this works best for me is one, I explain obviously what the problem is. Are patients uncomfortable, for instance, during a procedure because you haven't found the right topical anesthetic? Do patients complain about a bulky nitrous hood or uncomfortable nasal cannula in your experience? Is your back hurting and causing you to reduce your working hours due to uncomfortable chairs or equipment, right? Something that doesn't support you ergonomically. What hinders yours or the patient's experience? What can and should be made better? And why is this important? And most importantly, how will improving this one thing benefit your practice? right? We've got to make this make sense to our docs. So not just something that helps us, but helps us to help them, help our patients, help our practice, help our team. Then we move on to the consequence, right? After we've explained this really thoroughly. So the consequence of doing nothing is, you know, it could be potentially more four-star reviews instead of five-star reviews. Um, Mrs. Jones may leave the practice and go down you know, down the street to a different office instead of staying at our practice because she's uncomfortable and doesn't have the access to the best resources to ensure she's good at future appointments, right? Um, will the practice remain less profitable because you don't believe in a certain product and therefore you don't sell it? Like you have a toothbrush in your arsenal, for instance, that you don't like the research on. You don't use yourself, you don't really believe in, so therefore you don't sell it. If you had a different toothbrush in your product line, you might sell the heck out of it because you really believe in and know and fully support you buy into the research. So, so this is a good time to say, hey, if we do nothing, this is the pain point that will continue, or these are the pain points that the team is experiencing, I'm experiencing, the patient is experiencing. These are the, you know, the consequences of not facing the pain point, basically. Next, you can move on to what is the solution that you're proposing. So this is the time where you introduce the product, right? So explain that you went to continuing education recently or explain, you know, the overview, however, and wherever you heard of this, this product. Um, and make sure to, you know, appeal kind of like we appeal back to our patients' chief complaints when we are uh, recommending treatment. If someone comes in with a chief complaint of whitening, for instance, and they have perio disease and they need perioprotect as well, I remember to tie in the fact that perioprotect will also whiten their teeth, right? That's a happy side effect of using hydrogen peroxide gel on their teeth. 
it is not my main concern, but it is their main concern. And I'm now addressing their concern and my concern, right? So we want to do this with our dentists or with anyone that we're communicating to. So appeal to how this will solve the problem for ourselves, our team, the patient, the practice, the dentist, or a combination of all of these. This is the time to share any science uh, that backs the product and give a comparison of why this is superior to what you currently use or superior to other products on the market or, or what the major benefit is of choosing this instead of another product or why it should be introduced in general if it's not replacing anything in your practice, right? So some examples of these reasons might be to keep up with the latest technology, to improve patient perception of your practice, improve how your community perceives your practice, appealing to new patients, explain you know, ways this could potentially be marketed to consumers, how it might appeal, the fact that maybe other practices do this, and this is a very commonplace thing to do in this day and age in dental hygiene and dentistry. Remember to bring the cost of the product as well as the average retail cost to the patient. So what is the cost of the practice and what does the average practice charge their patient? Those are important things. So propose a plan to start implementing. This is not really, so the, the proposing a plan to start implementing, this is not in order to skip a step. It's not in order to skip the dentist's right to say no, or the doc owner's right to say no to this product. It's not in order to be controlling or make an assumption that your boss is saying yes, but rather to take something off of their plate long before they start to smell more work for themselves, right? Because I know for me, especially when I was the hygiene lead at Spodak, I did it for four years recently, delegated it to someone else in order to kind of take on other things and work on other things, work on Bulletproof. Um, but in that position, I just remember any time that someone would approach me with new ideas for the practice or for our department, you know, with all the things I had on my plate at that moment in time, the thought of having to do more work to bring on something else to go above and beyond in another way to do another thing, um, I, I my initial thought at some points in time was, man, I, I don't know how this is going to fit with all of that. And I immediately start kind of looking at all the ways that this is not going to work because of the amount of energy and effort that I'm sensing I may have to put into it. So you want to kind of take care of that feeling or that concern for your doctor up front by letting them know that you have a plan. You have a plan. They don't have to come up with the plan. Now, that doesn't mean that they don't have a right to make suggestions about the plan, make changes to the plan, to talk with you and um, work with you on making the plan better, on, on working on ways to, to make it work better within your practice. It's not a rigid plan. It's not a concrete plan. But when they know that you have a plan, it takes a sense of responsibility off of their plate and puts it onto yours. And I highly recommend that you only do this if you actually have the time and resources to commit to following through on this plan, right? So this can't be an arbitrary plan. It kind of has to be something that is realistic for you or for, for whoever is going to be taking responsibility for this thing moving forward. This is also a really great time to acknowledge the hygiene stuff that you already have with your doctor and how well it's been working for everyone. So for example, I might say, you know, if I'm proposing a new product at this point in talking to Dr. Craig about this, I might say, hey, Dr. Craig, 
you know, I really want to say thanks so much for investing in our Florida probe system. We absolutely love it. It has been saving us a ton of time because you don't have to seek out a hygiene assistant, which leaves her available for others to do same day hygiene. Um, it's okay to remind them that you that you've used their investment wisely in the past and that you don't take it for granted. So then you might explain, you know, that was originally an investment of X amount of dollars and it saved us an average of X amount of dollars or has enabled us to be more productive and complete more same day hygiene therapy because the hygiene assistants are now available to help us with more. So it's a good time to kind of remind them that one, you remember how they've invested in you so far and that you put their investment to good use. And this is how it's currently benefiting you, your patients, your practice, and your dentists. Remind them that this has already worked. It's already worked before. And when they believed in you and helped you in the past that you took it and ran with it and you made it something, you made it into something, your team took it and did their very best with it. They took that investment and it wasn't wasted. This is a good time to remind your doctor of that. So then uh, it's a good idea to explain kind of how you or someone else is going to be accountable for bringing this thing on in your practice and how you're going to report back to them, especially in the initial phase, which I would say is, is really like a six month phase. So maybe the first check back uh, with your doc owner or with your office manager or whoever is going to keep you accountable with this um, might be after a month. It might be after three months. Uh, it might be again in three months. It might be again in six months to ensure that it's working for you, your patients, your team, your doc, et cetera. If your doctor expresses any concerns, this is an opportunity to get them addressed, right? So, so don't be kind of disheartened if your doctor has concerns, has questions. This is really the opportunity that you have to, um, to solve the problems, to ease the concerns, to um, answer the questions. So those aren't, they might be small barriers, but they don't mean no. Right. So don't take the, the questions or the doubt or the um, need for more information as a no. It's good to take those things, solve the problems and then kind of keep moving forward. So um, offer to contact a rep and schedule it yourself, you know, if that's necessary. Some things to include. And, and so that might be one way to solve one of the problems that your doc might have or to answer more questions that they have. If you feel that you really don't have the information that they need at the level that they need it, then there's no one better than the product rep to come in and explain to the doctors. Maybe ask them if you can go ahead and take it upon yourself to schedule that meeting for them and that you can attend that meeting, or it can be with just your doc and the rep, whatever they prefer, that you and the, the rep can have a meeting and you can record it on Zoom. There's lots of digital resources and technological resources we have today to make these things easier for everyone, for us and our doctors. Um, some things back to the check-in. So some things to include in the check-ins or those, the checks and balances that are kind of like in order to give your doc peace of mind about whether or not this product is working, um, is some, some information to include in a check-in would be like what patients are saying, how you've addressed any difficulties and grievances with the product. So it's not, you, we really need to acknowledge that with every product, there's going to be pros and cons, there's going to be challenges, there's going to be things to overcome, especially with, with the team, with patients, you know, doing something new always comes with challenges. It's about how we address the challenges and the difficulties. So we can explain how we've addressed any difficulties regarding the product, um, what kind of revenue has been brought in since onboarding, and how your team is liking it. So remember in this process that 
we're not um, we're not appealing to another hygienist. So we're appealing to our boss or practice owner, practice doc, right? So it's important that we don't try to communicate this from the perspective of a hygienist. So this is a common mistake that we make in relationships, for instance. We often try to communicate with others in a way that makes the most sense to us or appeals the most to us. So for instance, I know that Sharice and I have talked about this before, and I think is really re- relevant in this scenario is anyone who is familiar with the idea of love languages might understand that let's say your love language is acts of service. And what that means is in this book, love the five love languages, that the way that you feel the most love, you perceive that you are being loved, you sense that you are being loved and cared for in a relationship is when your partner does an act of service for you. They fold your laundry, they pick up the kid from school, they, they buy the groceries, whereas their love language might be physical touch. Let's say so they feel the most loved. They they sense that they're being loved and cared for when you're giving them a pat on the back, a hug, you know, anything physical touch. Um, but what we often try and do is if I if my love language is that um, that acts of service, I I usually express love by doing acts of service for someone. But for someone whose love language isn't acts of service, that's not going to make sense, and and it's not going to solve their need to feel loved and supported and appreciated. It's not going to do it for them. So even though it makes the most sense to me, it's not going to land the same way on my partner if they don't have that same love language. So it's humans generally subconsciously apply what's true for us to everyone else. So it's important that we don't make that mistake here. So remember that the outcome that we want in this scenario is to onboard a product to take the very best care of patients. So that's the goal. And it's important to remember that the way the message is received by our doctor is really the most important thing. So be extra mindful of speaking their language, which brings us to the benefit, right? The benefit includes how will this improve overall operations? How will this increase revenue? How will bringing on the product that we are proposing increase tech and make their lives easier, right? The end result that we want is to bring this product on and take the very best care of our patients. But we have to appeal to our docs from their perspective because there are actual benefits to them when we bring on this product as well. But we've got to kind of point those out. We know what the benefit is for us and our patients, but we have to remember that we're not talking to ourselves. We're not talking to a patient. We're talking to our doc. So what benefit will this bring to them in the short and long term, monetarily, emotionally, stress-wise, so on and so forth? So most of our docs, we have, there are a lot of really great docs out there, really sensible doctors, you know, they'll hear what we're saying and at least consider it, right? At this point, it's good to have a general overview of what this process might look like in your practice as well. Um, how you plan to onboard it, what is involved in keeping it going. And it's an opportunity to ask your doctor for whatever support you may need in the process. So remember that practice and having this conversation is going to make progress. It's going to make it easier in the future. So this may not go perfectly, but it's definitely worth doing in my opinion. And even if the end result of having this conversation is not what you originally imagined, 
at the very least, you're going to have grown in this process and probably you and your doc have learned a little more about each other and your communication styles. So this is pretty short and sweet today. I'm going to give one example of um, when I'm proposing a new product to any, any doctor, you know, an owner doc or periodontist, whatever, what I generally go through or the framework that usually comes to mind for me. Um, and I know that I've referred to many times in the past, the Perio Protect protocol for our office. So first, you know, I'll, I'll explain what Perio Protect is. And this is again, just a general overview. I'll, I'll write like, who is a candidate for this product? Which of our patients are candidates? What is my rationale for recommendations? What does patient education look and sound like? What, how do we treatment plan this? Where is the code in the computer? And what are the fees? How do we post this payment to the ledger if it involves posting to a different provider like the, the doc or a lab fee or myself? Um, how is the product um, scanned or submitted if, involve, if it involves like a lab script? Does it involve an itero? Does it involve an impression? So on and so forth. And then what is the delivery method? And then what are the follow-up procedures? How can we measure um, the ease of use or how it's impacting our patients positively and so on and so forth? So in my experience, you know, when we come with more information and we come more prepared and we come with um, more comprehensive overview of what the product is, why we need it, why it's important, how it benefits the doctor, so on and so forth, they're more likely to say yes. Um, not always, you know, sometimes I've had, I've had the experience too, where it's been a no, or it's been, you know, maybe not this product, but a similar product. And then we've kind of met in the middle on things. So that might happen too. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I think that this is a really important framework to understand on a basic level. It's something that has worked for me so well in the past and that I know a lot of other hygienists have kind of adopted in regards to communicating with their doctors as well. So I hope that this was helpful. I know it was short, sweet, and to the point, but um, yep, this has been my, uh, my Bulletproof Hygiene monologue for the day. Hope that you enjoyed it. Thanks for joining me and we will see you next week. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast. We hope you've had as much fun as we have. Don't forget to click subscribe for a lot more where this came from. We appreciate your support and promise to keep the hygiene gems coming. Keep track of upcoming Bulletproof Hygiene events by visiting bulletproofhygiene.com or download the Mighty Networks app and search Bulletproof Hygiene to stay connected. We want to hear from you.